What's going on, everybody? This is the Yardbirds podcast here. What's up, Eric? Yoo-hoo. What up? What's going on, Eric? Hey, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you great. All right, I'm trying out no mic today. Okay, going back to the phone. Yeah, because the mic sucked the last time when we recorded. Gotcha. How did how did mine come through the last time I recorded? I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Oh, yeah, you, you sounded great. Okay, good. Oh, I should have sounded great. I always sound great. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> um, Absolutely. No, 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 uh, argument here yeah so long as uh so long as i don't wind up with any mysterious respiratory illnesses i should be fine oh my god dude this coronavirus (laughs) is insane how was your trip to the grocery store crazy (laughs) it was like too crazy it was the end of the world i'm not even kidding you like i got in the grocery store i had a like find a cart like they're usually just sitting there i had to find one then they, it was soaking wet because they were wiping them down, which fine. Like, that's a good thing. Right. Wipe them down, keep them clean. I get into the store and everything's different, right? Like, they just have boxes of food just sitting out, like, not even in the shelves, like bread, soup, rice, anything that'll keep for a long time, just sitting out everywhere. People are just picking it, you know, up as they go. Um, there was a million people there. Like you could not find a spot in the um, parking lot. Goodness. It was crazy. I swear. Like I told you, I texted you that it was like people were prepping for the zombie apocalypse. That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah, I, it felt really, um, and it was a really weird feeling when I, um, we were told that the rest of our classes would be canceled until further notice. Um, late Thursday, there's probably like 20 of us left at the school there. And it was just very like, so nobody's coming back tomorrow. Nobody's coming back Monday. Yeah. Like what is going on? Like it was just like a shocking news to get. Um, and then that was pretty much it. Then we just, then we just went to some, uh, end of the world parties and, and, and that was that. (laughs) Do you get to any good ones? Yeah, we had fun. Nice. Then I had to had to finish up some actual assignments that I had to do over the weekend, regardless of whether I was going to be in school or not. So that kind of <laughs> kind of sucked. But yeah, you know, that's weird. all right. Yeah, man, my uh, whole family is at home right now. Are like, you still driving to work every day? They shut. They shut all the schools down, like colleges. Right. Um, both all three. Like my parents and my sister, their work's been closed down. So they're all at home. So it's four of them cooped up in the house. I'll tell you what, man. I talked to <laughs> Probably starting to get her crazy. Well, she's going nuts because they closed the liquor store. So, mm. yeah, I saw that was for Eastern Pennsylvania. You know what they're going to do for Western Pennsylvania or did they close them already? I think they might have closed all the ones they were going to do, but I don't know. Don't hold Damn. me to it. I'm going to have to make these five beers I have left last. Better make it last, man. <laughs> yeah, Tour. non-essential business. Goodness. This yeah, is crazy. I, you know, I've been I've been doing fine. Like I haven't had too much of a problem, but yeah, I know a lot of people, they've had their lives disrupted, man. Like 
this coronavirus has been nuts. I'll tell you what, I've been putting off getting a haircut. And then I realized today that I have put it off for one day too long because I did the same thing. (laughs) I was going to get one last weekend. Didn't do it. Didn't get one this past weekend because of St. Patrick's day and then nursing a hangover that I'm like screwed now because they're all closed. See, I'm going to look like a homeless person by next week. Yeah. Like I my, might just have to shave my head with my beard trimmer. There you go. Just suck it up. I've been, I've been, whenever I let my hair grow for a little while, my sideburns slowly start eking down the side of my face. And yeah. now I've got to, now I've got to figure out where they're supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, boy. Anyway, what do you think of this uh, crazy day of technically not the first day of free agency, but. Um, may as well be the first day of free agency. The, yeah, the legal I mean, it's the legal tampering here. period. Yeah, it, where, where all the teams are allowed to say that they've been talking with these people. Dude, let's just start off with the biggest shocker of the day. Like, let's not even beat around the bush. What is Houston doing <laughs> letting Bill O'Brien run that show? Yeah, I would have fired him on the spot if I heard about that trade and I was the owner or anybody in that front office. Was he there when they were done with Clowney, too? I know he was there yeah. with the Toonsel thing. Yes, He was responsible for all that stuff because last year when they fired their GM, he was put in charge kind of retroactively. Like, you're now yeah. the GM and then until they, we find somebody better. And then they, they wanted to go after one or two names and they didn't get them and they're like well i guess we're just gonna stick with bill o'brien which is an awful awful strategy so far for them at what point does the owner does this owner cannot care i don't follow the texans very closely but like at what point as an owner do you step in and say uh like we've only got like we're afraid that deshaun watson might not be on the team tomorrow you need to stop if i was Deshaun watson i would be really pissed what does the offense look like now? I mean, this doesn't follow the model of the NFL. Well, it's a good all. thing they have Will Fuller there. I mean, he's real healthy. Yeah, he's I know. Reliable. But, dude, I said the same thing. I mean, after you cut out, I said the exact same thing. I'm like, your only weapon right now is Will Fuller, who's always hurt. And who's that uh, two years ago that signed on with Houston and dropped that punt in the playoffs? Oh, he was fine. DeAndre Carter, he's fine. DeAndre I, I don't Carter. Think, I don't think he they're stinks. Play Come on. Yeah, he's no good. Uh, shoot, who's there? They've got another guy too that's all right. Um, oh, he had down year this year. His name is escaping me right now. He's a smaller guy, like a slot type of build. Uh, help me out here. Now I got to look up their receivers. Not Kenny Stills, although he had a good year. Kiki Cutie. Yeah. So okay. it's been. It's not like nothing has happened in the last couple of minutes here. Um, oh, my God. I mean, we but, got off the phone, what, for 40 like, minutes? Yeah, about 40 minutes. And now we've got uh, Niger, uh, not Nigel Bradham, James Bradbury just got signed for like $15, $15 million a year. Yeah, let's for, talk about uh, that first. Let's talk about that one because that's a pretty big deal in the landscape of the NFL and the Eagles in particular. I had read that people really liked James Bradbury, but I don't know that he's a $15 million a year like James Bradbury. I had heard that teams liked him as the best free agent corner on the market. He was considered 
the number one free agent corner in a couple teams' eyes, mainly because of his turnover right. uh, percentage. I mean, he had a lot of generated turnovers during his time in Carolina. I don't have the numbers, excuse me, in front of me. But as far as who was available, I mean, teams considered him to be the best option if you're looking for a ball hawk type corner. You know, he's kind of a direct contrast from Byron Jones because Bradbury wasn't a physical specimen right. coming from college, but he kind of had that, to use an Eagles analogy, he kind of played that result Douglas role where he lacked physica- or physical ability, but he made up for it with instincts and, you know, the ability to track the ball in the air and generate right. turnovers. I don't know. I mean, $15 million a year, that's – If I am not mistaken, I think that's what Josh Norman got when he set the market how many years ago. Looks like they haven't. Yeah, and 15 15 million, though, is like, it's funny. Every year I see the numbers and they sneak up on you because every year I'm like, oh, well, we expect them to go up. Then all of a sudden, like, $15 million a year for James Bradbury sounds like an awful lot of money. Um, But Byron Jones just got $17 million a year, which I thought was actually a little lower than I thought he was going to get. Where did, where was this? I didn't hear about this. Uh, yeah, Byron Jones went to uh, went to the Dolphins. Just in no the last, kidding. Last like ten minutes. Wow, I didn't see that. How much did he get? Seventeen a year. Seventeen a year. Yeah. Wow. I thought he wanted a lot more than that. I gotta imagine the Eagles. The Eagles could have done that. I mean, if they really wanted to, they could have matched that. It sounds like they had a walkaway number. They didn't want to give him more than maybe whatever Bradbury was going to get. Maybe they didn't think he was worth it. But I don't know. What do you think? I'm okay with that. I'm all right with them walking away at $17 million a year. Yeah, I'm I'm content with the Eagles not making a splash in the corner market. I'm I'm a fan – like I think I've said this before and I think I'll say it again is I'm content with pretty much sitting put at corner and just – like the corner varies so much from team to team and cornerbacks are a crapshoot when you draft them so often. Like there's a lot of unpredictability with cornerbacks and what you can predict is that, I mean, it's not like the Eagles have some studly backfield or anything (laughs) uh, by any means, but at the same time um, you kind of know what their limitations are at corner and they played all right last year. I mean, all things considered, I would be content. Like a lot of these other guys, you look through the whole cornerback market. I mean, like, is there anyone else that, like, what do you want to sign? Eli Apple, you know, Jason Verrett's out there, but he's been, uh, shoot, he's been injured for far yeah. too long. Um, well, it's a weird year for it, right? <clears throat> because you don't have a lot of premier options on the market. I mean, you could consider Jones a premier option, but. Is he really? I mean, he's had two interceptions in his time in Dallas, which is like shockingly low. Yeah, he doesn't generate a lot of turnovers, and for a guy who just reset the market for his position, I don't think many would consider him even in the top ten of corners in the league. So that's a little bit of a, I mean, that's a win for him, but for a team like the Dolphins, that I'm sure they're going to have a lot of cap room. You know, maybe it makes sense, but. I, I'm all right with most teams saying no to that. Um, 
I am a little bit surprised Bradbury only signed a three-year deal. I mean, he's a guy who hit free agency on his, you know, going into his second contract. Most of those guys want to sign something at least four to five years, lock up some long-term stability. So to sign a three-year deal is a little bit surprising to me. But the guy who I think is probably the best option on the market is Chris Harris. The problem is he's 30-plus years old. He plays slot cornerback the most, so he's not really the top outside corner out there, but he's probably the best pure corner out there, and he's a tremendous locker room presence, I've heard. So he's probably the best overall player. The problem is he's just older, plays inside more. So not a great year if you're really looking for cornerbacks. What do do you think of uh, of Logan Ryan as an option? Doesn't move the needle for me. Okay. I mean, maybe he's he's that guy that you sign in the second wave of free agency. You know, like this is like that mad rush to get everybody on the top, you know, crust of free agents. You know, the guys who are like Byron right. Jones and Bradbury. But there's always the rest that trickle in. Yeah. And, you know, a GM like Howie Roseman, he always seems to find those guys more often than not. I mean, he just seems to have a knack for identifying players who maybe aren't considered the best at their position coming out in the free agent market, but maybe they fit the team a little bit better for some reason. And I think that also means the Eagles had a couple backup plans, right? Like they didn't go in just swinging for the fences. It was going to be Jones or bust. You have to imagine, you know, there's another guy out there who we're not thinking yeah. of. You know what? You know what disappoints me a little bit? The only thing that disappoints me is how few free agents that are out there that are in prime age. Like Byron yeah. Jones is one of the few guys who comes out as as a younger guy who's just finishing up his, his rookie deal. As yep. opposed to most of these guys are coming off their second contract. And it's like, well, like how badly do you want this? you know, 30 to 32 year old, like those are the guys that, that they'll go ahead and sign with, you know, as training camp gets to an end. Cause they're like, you know what? We could really use another guy in the corner room, but yeah, right now in the process, like they're a team that Howie Roseman has come out and said needs to get younger. <clears throat> yeah. You know? I think that's a big, big push this year. And that's a little bit, why I'm surprised they didn't go a little bit harder after Byron Jones because he's the youngest good option out there. But I guess that also speaks to they're not going to rush it, you know, like they're not going after a Chris Harris or, you know, another guy who might be a stopgap, you know, maybe come in for a year or two, play well, but, you know, he's ultimately going to have a horrible second half contract where, you know, he's 30 two 33 years old not producing and taking up a lot of cap room so it's hard to fault them for going in that direction right well we will see how things continue to uh to play out what do you think about the cornerback or the quarterback um deal here with tom brady and everybody else i mean there's really not a whole lot to report on right now or to talk about but i think uh, there were interesting all the names yeah that coming about there were a couple <laughs> A couple interesting tidbits today. I mean, there weren't any moves made, but the one that I found 
the most interesting. The Bears are looking to move on from Trubisky. Not that interesting. We kind of all figured that might happen. (laughs) But more interesting, they're looking at guys like Nick Foles and Andy Dalton. And I sat back and I was like, you know, Nick Foles played in Kansas City while, oh, what's the head coach of the Bears? Matt Nagy was there. The more I think about it, I'm like, you know, it might not be a terrible idea. Foles has three years left at an average of $20 million a year. If you bring him in to at least compete with Trubisky, maybe he takes the job. If not, you've got the best backup quarterback in the NFL with a head coach that's familiar with him, knows how to use him in the right way. I don't yeah. hate that. Bringing in Andy Dalton, I mean, to me, that's like tra- yeah, what are- that's like trading one problem for another more expensive older problem. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's not the move. I mean, wh- what do you think? Is that an upgrade in any way, bringing in either one of those guys? Would you prefer one or the other, or is that just lunacy by Chicago? I think that Chicago – I mean, the only the only reason why you would consider those things if you're Chicago is because Matt Nagy has a, yeah. a rapport with some of those guys. But outside of that, I mean, I think – I think I'm of the opinion in the NFL that you need to go out and get the best quarterback possible for your team, unless the rest of your team is absolutely star-studded. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to go out and get a like a, a big name. You know, you're not going to get very far. <clears throat> you know, with with Andy Dalton. And as much as I love Nick Foles, he's not top of the quarterback market and the top of the quarterback no. skill. Now, I I don't know what like sequence the Eagles unlock with him around playoff time. Um, and I'm sure another team's able to access that from him, but yep. it, it didn't seem like that was Jacksonville. So along those lines then, I mean, John, why wouldn't they look at a guy like Phillip Rivers? You've got a guy who's been in the playoffs many times. He's got experience. He's played well in the past. And you don't need to trade for him. I mean, you could just sign him outright. You're not giving anything up. He seems like a plug-and-play type player. I mean, at this point in their careers, I would still take Rivers over either one of those two. Why go for the other two guys? That's kind of the the problem that I think that they're in right now is that if – like, do you – do the Bears sound to you like a team ready to compete in the playoffs right now that are like a quarterback away from making it or no? You tell me to be honest. I don't think they are. I mean, no, they're not selling it to their fan base like they are. I don't think they are either. So I don't see why you go after Philip Rivers or Tom Brady if, if you don't think that right. those quarterbacks can take you. Because then you're just in the same – you're just delaying the inevitable and yeah. trying to keep your team good in the meantime, which I think happens the same exact way if you go with Andy Dalton or Nick Foles. Like, except for like playing a reasonable year and keeping your – your fans in your stadium, I think, but they also don't have draft capital either. Like they're really in a bit of a problem right here with, with Trubisky having not worked out. Um, Yeah. They went into win now mode two years ago, or I guess a year and a half ago when they traded for Khalil Mack and they gave up a couple first round picks for him. Yeah. That obviously worked out very well in the short term, but I mean, they're kind of depleted with draft capital, and they've got a lot of younger players that are now 
hitting free agency, guys that are, they're going to need to pay. I mean, they just lost Nick Kwiatkowski to the Raiders today. I don't know if yeah, that's a huge Kwiatkowski loss. Yeah, got paid too. He got paid. I mean, yeah, yeah he got paid. It's like, what do you get paid? Like uh, seven million a year or something like that. A little bit more than I expected him to get, but yeah, he gets seven million a year it, this year doesn't yeah. mean as much as it did three or four years ago. Especially now that they just signed that new CBA. I mean, I think the salary cap's going to be almost $200 million. That's a lot of extra money that teams are going to have to play with. So I'm a little bit surprised some of these salary cap numbers aren't jumping. You know, like teams are going to have a lot more money than they used to. We're not really seeing shocking figures coming out on day one. I mean, Jones got $17 million a year from Miami, but, you know, Kwiatkowski, I think he's – Figure came in just shy of eight million a year for the Raiders. I yeah, mean, I wonder. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I actually wonder if um, the best bet for the Bears now. They had talked early on about Teddy Bridgewater being a potential option there, and I guess yeah. that that wasn't the case. It was what I, was, I read later in the day, but I think mm-hmm. that he would be a great option, or um, a Mariota or a Winston, um, just a guy who is still young, isn't necessarily, you know, shoot, he's probably the same age as, they're probably the same age as Trubisky is. Um, you know, why yep. not give them a crack at a different location? Um, I I would I'm, I would be surprised if Mariota doesn't get another shot somewhere. Oh, he's um, got to. He's had good time. Uh, good- good games and good years when he was in Tennessee. I mean, his second season, people forget he had a pretty solid year. I mean, I think he put up close to 30 touchdowns, kept his um, turnovers under 10 a year. I mean, he played pretty well. His concern has just been consistency and injuries. I mean, it was kind of going hand in hand. Ultra conservatively sometimes. I mean, he's not making many plays. And to put (laughs) – I, I say that, and then you're going to stick him in the Bears' offense like he's going to all of a yeah. sudden make explosive plays. Like yep. The Bears aren't exactly an explosive offense anyway. But I just think that their best bet is to, to kick the tires on a young guy with potential. Yeah, You know, spend the cap space on one. It's not like they're going to cost you starting quarterback money like, like Ryan Tannehill is being paid, but I think it's worth uh, seeing how they do. The problem is Chicago just lacks a lot on offense as well, right? I mean, they already yeah. lost Jordan Howard last year because for some reason they couldn't figure out a way to use him in their offense, even though we've seen in Philadelphia that he's absolutely a productive player. When he's he just a beast correctly. no matter what or yeah, what. Yeah, he's a beast. I mean, he's a good player. And then you've got Allen Robinson who was underutilized last year. I think he's a tremendous wide receiver. He seemed to just lack the production you'd expect from somebody of his caliber. I mean, they just – they don't have a very flashy offense there. I think no matter who you bring in to that situation, they're going to have problems. So I I tend to agree with you. I think kicking the tires on a guy like maybe Jameis Winston, you know, big-bodied guy, a little bit sturdier, um, going to a quarterback-friendly system that, you know, that Matt Nagy has – I, I think that might make a little bit of sense, you know, especially because yeah. it seems like Tampa Bay isn't too interested in bringing him back. So he could maybe benefit from a change of scenery. Chicago may be the place to do it. So <clears throat> speaking of quarterbacks, John, 
I thought this was interesting. Case Keenum, three years, eighteen million to Cleveland. Oh yeah, that yeah, that was not that much good, money. No, that's 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 good backup role. Um, you know, I think that Keenum knew that he was going like, especially with how many free agent quarterbacks there are this year. I think mm-hmm. he knew he was going to be in a backup role. He saw his his opportunity there to to get into a pretty solid situation and. I say a solid situation and in the Browns, it sounds like it's contradicting, <laughs> contradicting itself. Yeah. But I think that, I think that that's about what he was about, what his market was. I don't, I'm surprised he signed this early. Uh, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Eagles had looked at case Keenum as the backup. Um, I'd heard a lot of rumors but, that the Eagles were going to look at him, but I didn't hear, that there were sources saying that they were interested. I just heard speculation around that, you know, they might want to look into what kind of money he would get and possibly sign him. And I think it makes sense. I mean, to me, he was one of the best free agent quarterbacks for a backup position you could get on the market. So to me, that just means, I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, it just seems like Howie Roseman just didn't have a lot of interest there. Otherwise he'd probably be in Philadelphia. Yeah, and you know what, too, is we've still got Nate Sudfeld. He hasn't gone anywhere. Oh, You know, yeah. I know. <laughs> like, I, I don't... Can't forget about study. Uh, like, I'm... If they don't go with another backup quarterback, I think they're content with the room that they have. You know, they got Josh yeah. McCown last year, and after he was as banged up as he was during that playoff game, you almost wonder what, what Sudfeld would have done in... You know what, though? I don't want... I mean, I don't think... uh, Go ahead. I I don't want McCown back. I get that he was a great presence in the locker room, and him and Carson were so, you know, tight, and they they seemed to have a good relationship, and based on all or nothing, he seemed like a great mentor for the team. That's great. But at the end of the day, he had a play and tore his hamstring off the bone in a quarter. (laughs) Like, imagine if he had to play for significant periods of time. I wouldn't yeah, feel comfortable with that. <clears throat> I wouldn't either. I, I'd love him as like a, you know, in the in the building, like doing something. But totally. uh, playing playing would not be the thing that I would want him doing. No, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah, I don't think I, they they would. I don't think they should bring him back. I think they're thinking about it, and it'll depend on who they can get in this free agent class because something tells me that Howie wants to bring in one of these developmental type guys like he might want to bring in a Mariota or a Winston just to see if you know he can get a deal so if somebody comes in and has to play for Carson they're not you know you know barking up the old you know washed up quarterback tree they're they're gonna be putting somebody in the game that's played before, but that also has upside that can be an actual, you know, playmaker out there on the field. Jeffrey Lurie said in the past about wanting to draft a quarterback every year, even though he knows that's not reasonable, but then you bring in like Clayton Thorson and it's like, all right, like this team is desperate for young players and we're going to spend like, it's a fifth round pick. Fine. Like it's better than spending like a third on Clayton Thorson, but you still spent, uh, one of five draft picks we have on, uh, like a bad quarter, a cornerback, a quarterback. God, I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't think 
drafting a quarterback every year is reasonable. However, if you're going to do it, this is the year to do it again. There seems to be a lot of, you know, first round, second round type quarterbacks up top. And then after that, uh, there's probably going to be a glut of guys that go from anywhere in the third to the sixth or seventh round. And it looks like, you know, the supply and demand for quarterbacks is strange this year. You've oddly got more starting caliber quarterbacks on the market than you have in a long time. So I have to imagine there's going to be quarterbacks that fall in the draft that maybe people don't expect. So if if the Eagles want to take a quarterback this year, I bet you they can get somebody decent later on in the draft. They've got 10 picks. They burn a fourth rounder on it. Go for it. True. You know, like, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you bring in a guy like say, say Jalen hurts falls to the fourth round. You're Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. Yeah. I mean, Jake Fromm's, you know, he's going to be the typical, you know, just comes to work. Doesn't make a lot of noise. Just does his part. Seems to be very quiet, low key. He might be a good choice. But don't you already have that to a degree in Sudfeld? I mean, like, I don't mean yeah. to be talking of Sudfeld like he's, you know, like he's something crazy. Hey, man, I, I agree, but the team just seems to have soured on him. They don't seem to have a lot of faith in him. He's eligible to be extended right now. I mean, if you wanted him here uh, for any length of period of time, you could have easily gave him some money, but they haven't done that. Wow. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to to stop you here. I guess that – Byron Jones deal, it the seventeen million a year isn't what uh what probably did it for the Eagles. It's the fact it was a five year, eighty two and a half million dollar deal with forty million dollars guaranteed, or forty million in the first two years, fifty seven million guaranteed. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, that's 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 that's, that's expensive. Right. That's rich for that kind of player. Again, it's just that it's just these long deals with corners, like if. They vary so much from team to team. You get a corner like that on your team, and you're so invested in him and realize that he's suddenly not worth that money. Like, you're stuck with him at least three years, and that contracts for at least three years. <clears throat> yeah. It's a lot easier to re sign homegrown talent when you know they can well, work in your system. Let's transition to developing and paying homegrown talent because I don't know what the Dallas Cowboys have been doing for the last three (laughs) months, but they have now let their best cornerback that they've had in the building for 10 years go. If they don't want to pay him 17 million a year, fine. I can kind of understand that, but you've now got Amari Cooper who is just dangling out of the market. You traded a first round pick for him. He's been very productive when he's been um, on the field I mean, there's been speculation that he's gotten benched at times. I don't know if, you know, we, we I, maybe you believe that. I don't know. I kind of find it baloney, but I think the coaching staff is more at fault there. I would try to be bringing him back. And then Dallas exclusively French or exclusive tags Dak. They don't even get a, a deal done with him. So what have they been talking about in Jerry World? Yeah, I think there's – they're like – asleep at the wheel here. I mean, unless they really didn't want to pay either of these guys, and this is the way that they're going about it, in which case you would have said that a lot sooner. But if they knew they were going to be this far apart on Dak Prescott, 
this long ago, why haven't you been spending all this time working on a, a deal with Amari Cooper? I mean, they re-signed Blake Jarwin today. <laughs> I mean, oh, they yeah. re-signed and, their backup like tight end. Deal. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, like, great. You re-signed a, you know, below average tight end to a, you know, decent deal. Okay. But you tagged Dak Prescott, so he's going to get a big deal for this season alone. Whether or not he gets a long-term deal, we'll see. But you've now just let arguably your best defensive player go. Definitely your best secondary player go. And Amari, Robert Quinn's out there on the market. Robert Quinn's out there in the market. He's your best pass rusher, or at least was last year. Tack Lawrence was not the same player. And Amari Cooper can leave at any time. I mean, he has yep. no bounds to He's- Dallas at this point. He has not been tendered. He can't be tendered. He hasn't been tagged. And he now, if you're the Cowboys, you have to compete against this market now, too. Luckily for them, because of how big of a draft it is at, at receiver, I don't think the market for Amari Cooper is going to be crazy. So, I mean, there will be teams that get in touch, and the Cowboys will likely have to pay that right now. But uh, the only saving grace for them is that the receiver-heavy market is going to keep some teams from from being too interested. Do you think because a couple wide receiver moves were made earlier today, Dallas is now content to just wait it out because you've already had DeAndre Hopkins move to Arizona. If he was available, I'm sure Dallas was at least aware of it. You've had AJ Green was franchise tagged, so he's now off, you know, the market for now. I mean, we'll see if Cincinnati tries to trade him. But do you think because some of those moves were made, some of those players' futures have been decided, Dallas is going to say, you know what, if we can't get them at our price, we know there's going to be receivers in this draft class, we'll roll the dice and try to get one of those guys. They might, but I mean, like, that's silly. If you have top-tier talent, just pay them. Like, they paid a first-round pick already for Amari Cooper. What are they going to pay now? Two first-round picks to to keep a, a singular top receiver? And there might not even be one where they pick at 18, 17, 18, where they pick. I think they're at 18. So let me ask you this then, John. How would you compare Amari Cooper as he is now? Forget about the money. Just Amari Cooper on your team in Dallas versus any of the wide receivers in the class. Let's just let's just play fantasy world. Any any receiver in the class on Dallas versus Amari Cooper, is there a player that's a better fit in this draft class that they're just going to gamble on? Or that's is an, Cooper the best bet? That's a good question. Um, that's a tough question, Eric. Uh, shoot, it almost depends what you're looking for. I think that uh, if I had if you made me choose one, you told me, you know what, you don't have an option. You absolutely have to, like, in a vacuum, choose one of these guys. You know, mm-hmm. say they had, say salary is is salary a uh, salary is not a factor. Just player per player. I think that you go with Amari only because you know what he gives you. Right. Um, I think that. And that's just the nature of, like, draft picks. Like, people 
bust on the in the draft all the time. It's like sixty percent of first round picks work out or something like that. Like I might have pulled that number out of my butt. But No, I think you're right. I think it's about fifty five percent. Yeah, I wanna say it's I, I thought I thought it was close to sixty percent uh of first round picks don't work out. So like you know you can get a thousand yard receiver out of Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper's your guy. But there could be, you know, Jerry Judy or C D Lamb could be, you know, the the receiver of the future that is clearly better than Amari Cooper. I just think when you're looking at high level players, I like to think of their floor. Mm-hmm. Like the floor of any draft prospect is going to be lower than someone who's had a thousand yard yard season. Period. I agree with you. I think it's crazy to gamble on somebody in the draft when you've got a short thing already in your building, has been in the system for a couple of years, is comfortable with the team, the quarterback. I don't know what the system's going to be like next year, but you have to imagine with them bringing back uh, the little boy, you, you'd have to think he's going to be keeping some of that offense still. What's his name? The, the little boy-looking – um, offensive coordinator they had last year in Dallas. Oh, oh, uh, um, not Cooper Rush. Um, I didn't know who you're talking you know, about. You know first. who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the the their former quarterback there. Um, the guy who they thought was like the next prodigy, and damn, he was going to be like, why is you know, this, I cannot for the life of me pull up names. I was talking about Kiki QT earlier. I couldn't <laughs> pull his name out. Yeah, and then but you know uh, who I'm talking about. Yeah. And Cowboys OC. You'd have to think he's going to have some kind of Kellen Moore. Uh, there you Kellen go. Moore, yeah. He's coming back. So why wouldn't you keep that wide receiver in your building already? Yeah, he's going to cost you money, but there's a potential that Cowboys get into this draft and maybe some of these wide receivers go much earlier than they expect. You have CD Lamb go in the top 10 and Jerry Judy go in the top 10. I mean, Dallas is not going to be able to trade into the top 10. Um, easily. I mean, maybe they do it. They have to give up a haul, but uh, that wouldn't be smart. And then you're left with a couple other guys. I mean, why would you risk it when you've got a short thing in your building? I agree with you. It just it just doesn't make well, sense to me. The, the crazy thing about that question you posed to me is, would you take any of these receivers over Amari Cooper? Is that uh, they don't even have to worry about this question because – they've already like they can they could just have Amari Cooper if they just right they just they could have both I mean like that's that's easy to say I mean they very well could be very like at ends on what he's being paid but they traded for him two years ago with the expectation that they would pay him so yeah I mean you've got to you you have to look at it like this right Dallas had a had, had kind of a strew of really good draft picks for a couple of years, right? Like you had from 2010 to maybe 2016, they had a couple really good home run drafts where you hit on Dak, you hit on Zeke, you hit on Michael Gallup, you hit on Byron Jones and some of those offensive linemen and a couple guys on defense. Like you hit home runs on a couple of those guys and you're now letting them walk out the door because the owner's ego doesn't allow them to get a deal done. <laughs> like, that's what it is at this point, right? Like, you draft a guy in Byron Jones, a blue chip type talent. He comes in, does his job. 
is a good player for you and you let him walk out the door. You do the same thing with Dak Prescott. You draft him, develop him. He plays well for you. I mean, I don't think he's worth $40 million, but that's just kind of how the NFL works. I mean, yeah, that's you got to you got to pay your quarterbacks. That What else are you going to do? Are you going to play this Kirk Cousins type game? And then in two years, you're out on the street looking for another guy. Yeah, you can't just keep I mean, they have developed quite a lot of high end talent and you can't just expect to keep doing that. I know full well as an Eagles fan that uh, homegrown talent does not always just happen uh, as much as you want it to happen. So. If you have the opportunity to re-sign someone without having to pay them like they're a free agent, which is above whatever their market value is, then you just got to do it. Yeah, man. And speaking of Eagles that you know haven't necessarily worked out or guys who are homegrown talents that move on, I mean, did you see Big V sign five years, $50 million to Detroit today? I thought that was the I, – if I were – yes, I did see it, and I'm going to – I'm going to jump the gun on on your opinion on this because I thought that was good. I thought that was a fair deal. I thought that was what his value is. I think that he was expected to make that 10th among offensive tackles. That's like a, if he I believe he's going to play on the right side for them. <clears throat> but if you want to consider I thought he was a much better left tackle. Among left tackles, that's a below average salary is 10 million dollars. Way below think average. That's that's including um like that's below average for a starter. That's including all the rookies who are playing on rookie deals. I think for a swing tackle who can play left side and right side and bump inside to guard, who has shown himself to be a an average starting tackle, I think that that's you know slightly mm-hmm. average, maybe slightly below average, but not someone who's gonna he's not gonna let a game like he's not gonna ruin he's not gonna lose you a game. He's not gonna win you many yeah. games, but He's not going to let a defense take over uh, or a particular lineman take over. I think that's a fair deal. Like, Just I to think... compare, Jack Conklin went to the Browns for three years, 42. You know, that's just shy of $15 million a year. You're talking – you're getting Big V for $4 million cheaper than a guy who's been good, not great at right tackle. You know, he's been up and down. So you're getting a player for an extra couple of years that has played in the Super Bowl, started as the left tackle in the Super Bowl, has played well in the playoffs in the past, has bumped around on the offensive line. I actually agree with you, man. I think five years, like, 50 million, was, good for Big yeah. I Yeah, I think that's exactly what people thought he would get. That's what he you know, got in Detroit. I uh, don't think it would have been reasonable for him to – think about coming back to philadelphia at that point i mean the eagles weren't going to give him more than maybe 20 million over two so why wouldn't you take 50 over five um i don't know I, i'm happy for him i'm happy for him and if i were if the eagles re-signed him if the eagles offensive line room was not as crowded as it were and they brought him back on the deal that um that he signed i would be content i would be yeah. i would say you know what even though he'll probably be a backup, if you can secure a backup for four different positions, he will surely be playing, and you have a lot of versatility with that. Like, you've got an immediate backup to almost any position on your offensive line. Yeah, and there's, versatility and there's, pays. Yeah, I mean, like, 
one in four of those players is going to get hurt. So mm-hmm. he's going to wind up playing. Yeah, I mean, he's going to wind up playing 10, 15 games a year in some capacity. Yeah, as a serviceable starter. He know, might start at right tackle in Detroit. Oh, he'll, he'll, he'll start for Detroit, absolutely. Um, I liked him better as left tackle. I think he's a little better in pass protection. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he just plays better on that side. But yeah, yeah. Well, Eric, it's been we've already. It sounds like it hasn't been much, but we've sunk almost fifty minutes into this podcast already. If you you consider all of our uh, our blips early on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, oh man, maybe maybe we, we should maybe we should talk again come like Wednesday or Thursday about pretty much the same stuff. You know, once free agency has come through a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of moves today, but I think we covered the big ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were a couple surprise releases and signings, but I think ultimately, you know, we kind of expected some of these things to happen. The Hopkins trade, definitely not. But, yeah, I think there's more to come. Seems like the oh, second wave of free come, agency yeah. will bring us some more fun. Yeah, we might be done for today. but Real quick, yes. interesting yeah. side note. The Raiders gave J- or Nate Peterman a tender. What are, what's the fascination with Nate Peterman? I just have to ask this before we leave. You know, I think because we're both pit people here, I think that when you look at his college career, Nate Peterman was as safe a passing quarterback as you could see. I mean, he was a he was great for college like for a running based college football team because he didn't turn the ball over very much. He ran very safe plays and he made solid, like he was solid. And when he started in Buffalo, I mean, a, it was a disaster. Had, yeah, it was a disaster. Uh, Buffalo's offense was not exactly a powerhouse. I mean, I don't think there are many quarterbacks you could have put in there that had a look good day, but I thought that those picks and everything were so uncharacteristic of him I mean, he's had how many starts in the NFL? I don't think enough to justify, like, closing the book on him. I mean, I think that you give him another opportunity as, like, a backup or something. Like, I don't know what the fascination is with him and why he's, you know, there's a lot of guys you say that exact thing for. But I think that, I think it's fair to say, I think it's fair to not close the book on him yet. Okay. Last thing for today. Was there a team that moved their draft strategy any way, one way or the other, in your opinion, because of today's moves? Absolutely. Specifically, the Cardinals with picking up DeAndre Hopkins will definitely be targeting – I'm not going to say definitely. Definitely is not a good word, but I – wholeheartedly believe they're going to go offensive tackle now. But I say that, and now the 49ers have moved into the first round, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to pick up uh, Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb should they mm-hmm. should they appear when they're drafting. So I don't think that affects the Eagles too much. You got one team moves away from receiver, one team moves for, toward receiver. But I'm sure there's some other implications. I think those are the big ones. Yeah, I think on the Eagles front, pretty quiet today. Nothing really changes their their plans either way. I think they're going to have the same strategy tonight as they did yesterday. Yeah. And 
we'll see what else they do in free agency. Yeah, I think there's a lot more to come. This was kind of just the primer. I think this is kind of the calm before the storm now. I think there's going to be a lot more. Well, now you're going to have the wave of all the other people now that a lot of these big names have signed or been tagged or something. Yeah, um, I think some of these quarterbacks, once they sign, all the other dominoes will start to fall in place because then guys are going to want, want to go play with this guy yeah. or that guy. And once that kind of once the dust settles around that, I think uh, some of these other players will start to sign and some of these other deals will come into place. So. It's all right, nice. man. So, all right. Good deal. We finally got through the uh, pod after three attempts and yeah, some, some maintenance stoppages. Yeah, my for for the record, my my dishwasher works now, so life is good. Thanks again, guys, for hanging out with us today. Again, this has been the Yardbirds podcast. Peace.